Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest hails from Michigan. Given the many balls that Mike Ball keeps juggling as executive director of Lost Voices, it's wonderful that we finally eked out a time to meet to explore Mike's music. Mike Ball started out in the 1960s rocking it with an electric guitar in spite of his hidden folk music passions. Spent a lot of years doing all kinds of non-music work, but eventually an invite into a detention facility for young folks got Mike to reconnect with his music beginnings and kicked off his commitment to foster the spirit of these young people through music. He hangs out and makes music with all kinds of great Michigan-based musicians, a number of whom you will find that I have interviewed if you just poke around on northernspiritradio.org. Also, check out the bonus excerpts and full-length interview on our site, stuff that just can't fit into this 55-minute broadcast. We're zooming right now to Michigan, just north of Ann Arbor, for a visit with Mike Ball. Mike, how glorious to have you here today for Song of the Soul. How glorious to be here. (laughs) And you're in Ann Arbor or nearby. How long have you been a Michigander? I am a transplant. I'm a newcomer to Michigan. I've been here 44 years. I came here on a blind date 44 years ago. I had a blind date with a young woman in Ann Arbor back in the 70s, and I came up here, and that blind date is still going on. We got married. Pretty successful blind date, I would say. One of your things in life has been being an author. I think of you as a musician because that's how you came to my attention. Were you overlapping those things all along? Yeah, I've pretty much spent my life pursuing creation, I guess, if you want to say it that way. In my teens, I was a, I was in a rock and roll band that was probably more successful than it was good. Went off to college. I was sick of having friends and money, so I became a folk singer. <laughs> I really didn't perform much after college. I sort of got off into pursuing a career as an author. I never had a guitar more than about three feet from me. I've always had a guitar at hand and spent time with it, but I, I stopped performing out for many years. Music was a piece of it, and I would write music, but I just kept it to myself. Until about 15 years ago. Really? You waited that long to bust out? Yeah. Everything you've heard has been written since 2007. And that's already after you've been part of founding Lost Voices. What's been the lifespan of Dr. Mike and the Sea Monkeys? Well, all of this kind of spun out of Lost Voices. What happened was for many, many years, I've done creative writing workshops with teenagers. Uh, Being an author, I could work with them and, and adults, but teenagers has been particularly useful because they learn, they absorb, they express so much when you give them permission to do it. So I was asked to go to career day at a juvenile detention, a prison for teenagers. They don't call it a prison, but that's what it is. It was maximum security. And these kids were felons. They were serious offenders. 
So I went out there to talk to them about what it's like to write sophomore jokes for a living. At that point, I had a syndicated column and, and I won some awards. I won the Irma Bombeck Award that I'm extremely proud of. First off, you go through Sally Ports to get in, which means the door behind you has to lock before the next one opens up. You leave all your stuff out with guards out at the gate. You go through metal detectors. You get in there and you see these kids walking down the hall with their arms folded. You got a little locator thing riveted around their wrist. But there are kids. They're just no different. They're different sizes, shapes, colors than our children. But there are children. They were the same. I was just stunned to, to see these kids. And then as I spoke to them, I could see this fire in their eyes that, you know, God, your feelings could be worth something. It was amazing. So I started a creative writing group out there. I got a small grant. I thought it was a big grant. <laughs> the big picture was, was $25,000 to do a documentary on one of those kids. I did, I did a 15-minute mini doc about how this 16-year-old kid could express his feelings through his poetry. I got a call from the Michigan Humanities Council. They called me up and said, hey, we got some more money. We love what you're doing with the kids. How would you like to spend another 25 grand? It's like, I thought this is how grants works <laughs> as far as I was concerned. So I said, yeah. At that moment, I said, yeah, I want to do Roots music with them. I want to do songwriting because the musicality and everything they did was just so powerful, even when they're just speaking. I think this is something people misunderstand about rap and hip hop. It's very musical. The musicality there is there. It's just something that we're not used to distilling out or understanding, but it's, it's there. So triggering lost voices got me, uh, I called Josh White, here's how things come full circle. When I sold off all my electric guitar gear, all my amps and guitars and, and traded my last guitar for a 1951 Martin, I started buying Josh White Sr. records to learn the guitar work of Josh White Jr. His Josh's son was doing this incredible 12-string work and six-string work backing up his dad. And his and Josh White Sr. was a great guitar player. Here's the full circle. The first person I called was Josh White Jr. He lives like 20, 30 miles from me here in Michigan to go work with the kids. That brought me back into music. We began funding our work. It turns out that they don't always just send you $25,000. Who do? So we had to start raising money. And what we would do is I happened to live on a lake with a big deck and a good sized yard. We did folk festivals out here on the lake. We'd have 300 people in the backyards. We put porta johns in the front yard. My wife was just thrilled with having this happen in her house. <laughs> she was, was she? That was sarcasm. I, I figured. Yeah, I, I, so they were really wonderful festivals. People would anchor out in the lake and listen. And I had the Josh White Jr., uh, Reverend Robert Jones, um, Peter Madcat Ruth, Matt Watroba, Cliff Gracie, Kitty Donahoe, <laughs> Jen Cass. I had all these incredible performers lined up and we do these festival things out here and raise enough money to go back to and work with the kids. And that just dropped me right back in the heart of music. I wrote some songs. I never considered myself much of a songwriter, but I found that the songs I wrote affected people. And as a professional writer, that's kind of the job. So that's how you got the music going. And I do have you here for Song of the Soul. So listeners are going to want to know some examples of your music. How can we start off your Song of the Soul? Well, I'm thinking that a good one would be Carlson, the Pissed Off Angel. That one translated directly out of my column. I wrote a Christmas column one year and I got to thinking before I wrote it, it's like, I, I believe in angels. I, I'm not sure I believe that angels are exactly the way artists depict them, but I do believe there are angels. But I got to thinking that Angels have to have feelings, right? I mean, if they are beings, they're not machines. They have to have feelings. And what would happen if a guardian angel got assigned to take care of just a really awful person, just a terrible guy? 
So I wrote the column about that. And as I started writing songs, these things started coming up. I created this one. So there's a lot of humor, by the way, folks, as we speak with Mike Ball. It's humor, but it's humor with a deep undercurrent. And you'll get that clearly from Carlson, the pissed off angel. My name is Carlson. I'm an angel. But I can't hang out in heaven. I have to work. I've been assigned to take care of a guy named Bob. He's a jerk. He bullies waitresses, steals from tip jars, cheats at solitaire, and kicks his cat. I don't know why the boss assigned me to this rat. Ah, look out, Bob, watch what you do. I'm getting tired of saving you. If I was you, I'd learn to duck. You just might run out of luck. Love to let you take your licking, but it's my job to keep you ticking. I was doing nectar shots with all my buddies at the Guardian Angels Christmas Bash. When I got a celestial text message And I had to dash It seems that Bob had mugged the Salvation Army Santa He was surrounded by an angry mob All those folks had seen about all they cared to see Of old Bob Ah, look out, Bob, watch what you do I'm getting tired of saving you If I was you, I'd learn to duck You just might run out of luck Love to let you take your licking But it's my job to keep you ticking Well, I just hovered Over that street corner Where Bob was squared off with that crowd I had it about up to my wings with that guy. So I cried out loud. I said, hey boss, what are you doing? Why would you saddle me with this schmo? He should be somewhere tormenting demons down below. Ah, look out, Bob, watch what you do I'm getting tired of saving you If I was you, I'd learn to duck You just might run out of luck Love to let you take your licking But it's my job to keep you ticking A sweet old lady was standing off to the side She was crying like she was in pain I thought maybe Bob had sold her a condo or swiped her cane. But she said, Bobby's my son and I love him. In spite of the stealing and the fights. So every night I pray for him that he'll be alright. And as I looked at her, 
I realized Just what the boss had done I was never Bob's angel after all I work for his mom My guest today for Song of the Soul is Mike Ball. We've got a link to three different sites he's connected with. MikeBallOnline.com is on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website. We'll also have links to his SeaMonkeyBand.com and to LostVoices.org. But that song, Carlson the Pissed Off Angel, was produced by the Sea Monkeys. That is to say, Dr. Mike and the Sea Monkeys on their album, Meet the Sea Monkeys. I hope you all were moved by that ending. It's humor. I mean, and how much have you ever felt torn by that kind of situation when someone's a real schmo, as you say in the song, right? It's hard to wish well to some folks, even though I think that's what we're all called to do. In Quaker parlance, we'll say, I try and find the light in everyone. Everyone has the inner light. But, you know, Carlson is a guardian angel in that song. You grew up Catholic, and I understand you're a recovering Catholic. I actually had a good Catholic upbringing, that is to say. I think because I'm relatively shame-free, there was no problem with it for me. It's like I could let stuff roll off my back. I'm Irish Catholic, so shame is the actual name of the game. Is <laughs> Maybe. Some of us just are defective in, in terms of the shame gene. I don't know. And the ending to that song, Bob's Angel's really his mom. That's my boss. You know, that's who's really running the show. You believe in the power of prayer. You sometimes attend Unity Churches, amongst other things. What kind of prayers in my case, you know, again, as a recovering Catholic, I've given up falling on my knees and eating Christ, I, you know, Christ on a cracker. I've decided that's not probably accurate. To me, prayers are more of a meditative thing, and they can take any form. I couldn't get on my knees. I went back to the church for a few years after personal crisis and actually felt a lot of comfort in the Catholic Church. And I don't want to badmouth how anyone finds spirituality. But to me, prayers are a meditative moment, a time where we turn inside and communicate. Well, let's hear some more of your stories through the music. What have you got to share next? Shelter is a really a song that I'm I'm actually really proud of. I went to a uh, homeless shelter just to entertain the folks, just as a volunteer. Went in and over in uh, Jackson, Michigan. Again, I had not experienced anything quite like that. These folks, there was a real range of people there. There was a mother with three kids, all well dressed. The kids are doing their homework and and listening to the music. But I was really struck as I was singing. There was a I, I want to call them a couple. I don't think they actually were a couple. There's a man and woman sitting at the back next to each other. Occasionally, they change a word and they were just really used up. You could tell they were probably about my age, maybe a little older, but they were just really had been used hard. He looked like he'd been sleeping out behind a dumpster someplace. He was, you know, and, and she was a bag lady. She had her little grocery cart behind her. She was protecting it with all her stuff in it. And I was just, I got to thinking as I was singing this, I thought, well, you know, there was a time when she was wondering if she was going to get a date for the prom and he was wondering if he was going to make the cut for the football team. So I stewed on that for quite a while. One day I was playing a little guitar riff, a little ragtimey, kind of a happy little ragtimey riff and thinking, you know, I'd like to write a happy little song to that. And then I thought, wait a minute, what about those two, Charlie and Jenny? So this is where this song came from. I dare you not to be moved by this song, folks. It is Shelter. It's by Mike Ball here today for Song of the Soul. Let's all go to the shelter together.
Charlie met Jenny in the shelter on 3rd Street. They dropped in to grab a bite to eat. Charlie said to Jenny, how do you do? Would you like to see the rest of my tattoos? Jenny thought Charlie looked a little bit slow, but his eyes brought back a boy she used to know. She said, you come a long way to get soup in your cup. You don't get to choose how you're gonna end up. You might get rich, but likely not. You might get married and you might get shot. Hit the world naked and all alone. And that's pretty much how you're gonna go home. They sat at a table next to each other. Charlie said, you remind me of my mother. Jenny said, well, that's real nice, I think. Do you know where we could get a little something to drink? Charlie winked and said, I got plenty. Then he hauled out his bottle of Mad Dog 2020. He said, you come a long way to get soup in your cup. You don't get to choose how you're gonna end up. You might get rich, but likely not. You might get married and you might get shot. We hit the world naked and all alone. And that's pretty much how we're gonna go home. Hits from the bottle and traded stories about high school proms and high school football glories. Charlie said, I don't mess with women much. Jenny said, It's such a long time since I've been touched. When the sun came up, she had her head on his shoulder. Somewhere he remembered. How to hold her You come a long way to get soup in your cup You don't get to choose how you're gonna end up You might get rich, but likely not You might get married and you might get shot Hit the world naked and all alone And that's pretty much how you're gonna go home Mike Ball is here today for Song of the Soul, and that song is Shelter, actually written after he'd visit a homeless shelter. It was released on Meet the Sea Monkeys, which is by Dr. Mike and the Sea Monkeys. Actually, Mike, I'd say that the line from that song that hit me the most was when Jenny says she's forgotten what it's like to be touched. Imagine going in life with the fear, the distance, people being disgusted by your smell or your look or whatever, and what that does to hearts. And I thought you captured it so well with a little grin in your voice and your eyes. (laughs) 
On your website, you mentioned that your songwriting has been compared to John Prine. I had that reaction before I read that on your website that, yes, you've got that kind of wry, just gift of words, just they trundle right out. It doesn't look like you're hammering the words into place, but wow, do you pack a punch with what you say? And Shelter does that that way too. Yeah, that, that was a huge compliment to be compared with John Prine. That's, you know, of course, as you know, we lost him to COVID last year and what a loss. Yeah. So what do you think of the music of Annie and Rod Caps, for <laughs> instance? You've mentioned several names already, people who I've interviewed for Song of the Soul and, and many more. Dear friends, they're such a wonderful couple. Annie is a great songwriter, a great storyteller. Her songs, she comes from a different angle than I do to the stories, and which really is fun for me, really wonderful. Tremendous performer. And Rod is one of the finest musicians I've ever been on stage with. He's the consummate sideman. He reads your mind. He sort of understands the music better than you do as you're performing it. They're just outstanding performers. Just, oh my gosh. And Kitty Donahoe also. I interviewed her as well. And and you've mentioned several other people. That, and people just can go to nordenspiritradio.org, search for the name, and you'll find that my interviews with them. And over the last 16 years I've been doing it, we have all of it on nordenspiritradio.org. People place comments when they visit. They can donate. They can find the stations, some 42 of them across the nation that carry my programs. All of that on the website of nordenspiritradio.org and you Mike, before we lose track of it we've got to go on to some more of your music let's do it again okay well you know we talked about sometimes you don't get the chance to put in a laugh line i wrote a song the daughter of a very close friend of mine was nearly killed by her significant other she'd had a child with this guy and she'd been in an abusive relationship with him since high school and we didn't really know it. I never liked the guy, but I didn't have any reason not to because I didn't know. We didn't know the story, how abusive it was. And this is another case where we watched this happen. And fortunately, she survived. I spent a lot of time processing it. And then again, after a while, I had a happy little guitar riff <laughs> that I was playing with. And then it just popped into my head that, okay, let's talk about what happened. So I created the character, Callie-Ann, who unhappily doesn't make it out of the story. A sad, sad song by Mike Ball. Here is Callie-Ann. Callie-Ann had a plan for how her life should be. She'd find herself a good man and she'd start a family. So she kept her options open She kept her kitchen clean She spent her evenings shining up her dream But sometimes what goes in the script Don't make it to the screen Sometimes changes come along Before the final scene Seems like people who deserve it Never win the lottery or get to play the lead in their own story. Kellyanne found her man working at the mall, selling Levi's on commission. He was close to six feet tall. She told him that she loved him every time they kissed. She forgot. 
He'd remind her with his fist Sometimes what goes in the script Don't make it to the screen Sometimes changes come along Before the final scene Seems like people who deserve it Never win the lottery Or get to play the lead In their own story They moved into a place Where the utilities were free Before too long they had some kids In an LCD TV The makeup nearly always hit Bruises on her face But she brought along dark glasses Just in case Sometimes what goes in the script Don't make it to the screen Sometimes changes come along Before the final scene Seems like people who deserve it Never win the lottery Or get to play the lead in their own story Kellyanne had a plan She gave up on pretending She would ever find that happy ending So she wrote her mom a letter And she kissed the kids goodnight Then she went and fought her last fight Sometimes what goes in the script Don't make it to the screen Sometimes changes come along Before the final scene Seems like people who deserve it Never win the lottery Or even make it to the end Of their own story mainly cried listening to that song by Mike Ball. His website, mikeballonline.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. That song, Callie Ann. And it was recorded with the Sea Monkeys, Dr. Mike and the Sea Monkeys. Are, by the way, Mike, are you actually a doctor? You, you did at least masters, right? Dr. Mike was a character in the column. I, I had a clueless advice columnist that was modeled after some of these sanctimonious, I won't mention names, but the Dr. <laughs> Mike was a guy who would take any question and just deliver the most inane answers to it. It's stupid. And then it, it end everything with God bless. And so Dr. Mike, I think his doctorate was in vacuum cleaner repair. <laughs> that sounds like a useful one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, actually. Dr. Mike and the Sea Monkeys just literally came out of a conversation. I I was booked for a concert, and I didn't really have a band name. I had a side man, and and we were calling ourselves Guys with Guitars, and they didn't like that. They wanted a band name. And I had just written a column about Sea Monkeys, about what it's like to save up your money and send it off, and you get this thing, and they're freaking brine shrimp. (laughs) They don't drive little cars or have little crowns and all that stuff like like you expect when you're seven years old. A marketing coup. A yes. marketing coup. Yeah. So I just decided, okay, Dr. Mike of the Sea Monkeys to be silly. And that actually has worked out as a pretty good band name. 
I do want to let our listeners know that there will be bonus excerpts to this Song of the Soul with Mike Ball. One of the things we're going to do is include a song called the Grandpa Song. That'll be out there because it won't fit in the broadcast. And in there, you mention in that song, getting the kids drums and tambourine, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you're an evil person. Yes. But we'll find about that when we talk about the Grandpa Song. <laughs> okay. In the meantime, Let's go on to another song. Well, another song I really have always liked is uh, Little Songbird. It was inspired by a couple I knew that actually lived in a school bus. This is for a few years back when I was a photographer. I did the Ann Arbor Art Fair and some other art fairs. And I knew this couple through the art fair. They made antler jewelry. Just a wonderful couple. But they lived in a school bus, which in Michigan is not really great in the winters. <laughs> After several, they'd been living there for several years, she told me Lucinda was her name. She was thrilled that they'd gotten a, a wood-burning stove for their school bus. So now they're going to have heat for the winter. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so this, just that image of this lovely hippie couple living in a school bus. They were just you know, really sweet. And there's a place near where I went to college called Naubone, Indiana, which was not far from, it was in Brown County. It's a beautiful area, but it's also the heartbeating soul of the KKK. There's like all sorts of artists that live down there in kind of an artist colony, a loose knit artist colony. And then all these, this KKK, and somehow they all <laughs> coexist. So I kind of synthesized all that. And I was thinking about Janis Joplin and about the arc of musicians, not just her, but and many of them not famous, who feel the need to create, the need to make music and pursue that need. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily work out very well for them for whatever reasons. So I, I took all those ideas, <laughs> threw them together into uh, into little song. Lucinda came into this world in Naubon, Indiana. In a school bus covered with peace signs Where her mama lived with Sam Sam took off to Montreal Before she really knew him Cause he didn't want to go to Vietnam Her mama made some money Selling antler pipes at art fairs so they wore Salvation Army clothes and had just enough to eat. She learned some Janis Joplin songs from her mama's friend Corinne. Sang them for the Mark Fair crowds while her mama kept the beat. Ooh, little songbird, close your eyes, let the music Lift you up into the sky Ooh, little songbird Ah, sweet Mary Bye-bye, baby Warble when you fly Now the Brown County Baptists Were not all that keen on hippies When Lucinda went to church She sat out by the walnut tree through the window by the choir loft She learned the Baptist hymnal She could do amazing grace In Big Brother Harmony In 84 she left her mom She hitchhiked out to Berkeley 
stayed out there with Angie and a guy named Crazy Chip. Bought a second-hand guitar in a pawn shop in Pomona. Found a busy street where she could play and sing for tips. songbird close your eyes let the music lift you up into the sky little songbird hi sweet mary bye bye baby warble when you fly before too long she had some gigs in coffee shops and taverns Every month she'd do the open mic down at the freight. Started sitting in with a band from San Francisco. Killing half a fifth before the first set starts at eight. Now everybody loved to hear Lucinda sing the covers. Everybody loved to hear her sing the songs she wrote. Everybody loved the way her dresses showed her legs off. Everybody loved the way the whiskey glazed her throat. Ooh, little songbird, close your eyes, let the music. Lift you up into the sky Ooh, little songbird Ah, sweet Mary Bye-bye, baby Warble when you fly Lucinda left this world In a walk-up flat on Hate Street She was doing jack and speedballs With a drummer named Claire. No one tried to tell her mama Cause they couldn't quite believe The knob on Indiana Was ever really there Now when folks around the bay Reminisce about the 80s Someone asks whatever happened To that strange Midwestern girl who could sing the blues like she was singing Love songs to the Savior Everyone agreed that she was some kind of pearl Ooh, little songbird Close your eyes, let the music lift you up into the sky Ooh, Little songbird, ah, sweet Mary, bye bye, baby, warble when you fly. Oh, sweet Mary, bye bye, baby. Another sad song from Mike Ball, Dr. Mike, sometimes known as his song, Little Songbird, 
actually from names and places. He's rejiggered them around to fit for this song, but it's real folks that he's dealing with there. And a sad song. Did you have your hippie phase or not? My wife was an official hippie. She's five years older than me, so she's a couple years older than you. She actually got to be an official hippie. I've never had long hair, even though I've had the beard for 47 years, and I've never done drinking or drugs, so I don't think I can pass as a hippie. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went through my long hair phase and, and got a trip out to San Francisco when I was a kid to see what that was all about, the hate Ashbury. And, but yeah, I, I was a little young for the absolute hippie phase, but I was went through the 70s, which is when the 60s actually happened. So, so that was pretty <laughs> Well, let's go on to some more of the wonderful music that Mike Ball and Mike Ball and Sea Monkeys and Mike Ball and some other artists have produced. I mean, you've got a wonderful album with the Sea Monkeys, but there's other permutations of artists that you perform with. We've already mentioned people like Annie Caps and Rod Caps and other folks that you do music with. Uh, do you do music very often with Josh White Jr.? I mean, he's 80 now, so he's. my interview with him was, what, a year ago or six months ago or something. But I first saw him in 1980. Oh, yeah. Josh is, is a work of nature. Yeah, I, in fact, I saw him over the weekend. Sadly, his sideman and a good friend of ours passed away over the 4th of July weekend. So we were at uh, Cliff's funeral. Pretty sad occasion, but, uh, and yeah, Josh saying he was my friend. <laughs> I don't know how he got through it, but it was absolutely brilliant. So let's do some more of the Mike, of music that Mike Ball has had a hand in bringing to the world. Okay, so I work with, we've mentioned Lost Voices, and, and I think it's the most important thing I've actually done in my life. I've tried a lot of things, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're a Renaissance man. I think it's just lack of focus myself. But one thing that's, that's happened to me is Lost Voices. This is a situation where people like Josh, Annie Caps, Kitty Donahoe, uh, Jen Cass, we all work with young people who are in terrible situations. It started with prisoners. It started with, with kids at a maximum security lockup. Now we work with kids in all kinds of foster situations. We have a program coming up next month called the Manassa Project. It's, it's for young women, who uh, teenage girls who have been, uh, I hate to say rescued because it's not really accurate, but are, are survivors of human trafficking. We work with, uh, so what we do with these kids, we work with boys and girls, both. We, we write individual songs with them. We'll get down to, you know, what do you, what do you, is in, in your deepest heart? And we found that the storytelling aspect of folk music really works even with kids who never heard of folk music. They have no clue, but they completely embrace it. They get really deeply into it. They open their souls. We also write group songs. We'll talk to them about, okay, what's on your mind? You know, pizza. Uh, ice cream, you know, the, before long, they'll settle on one theme. And then we write a song line by line. We come up with the music to it, the groove. You know, what do you think about this? Okay, you don't like that? Let's try this until we get, until they agree on everything. So these are completely community effort songs. They're, they're just wonderful. And we wrote one that I gave you called Overcame. This was uh, from the Manasseh Project in Grand Rapids, uh, the Teenage Survivors of Sex Trafficking. We also, there's a video of it that would be fun to see, but, but I guess that's not as important. I will link that on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website with your interview so people can see the actual video with, that goes with the song. Overcame is the name of the song. How many kids are we talking about putting this song together, contributing for this? 
This was about 10 girls working together. And the, the remarkable thing is that in this sort of situation, they were in a residential care situation. There's a lot of friction in that sort of thing. The kids are not happy to be there. They feel like they're captives. And what's happened to them is the, what they need. It's a very good thing. But from their point of view, it's like, well, you know, I wanted to be doing this. And, you know, and they're, they're having to reorient some deeply. I don't want to get deeply into the that side of it, but it's it's a really, really, really difficult thing for them to reorient themselves and understand their real value as a person, as opposed to what they've been groomed into or taught. And, and not all the kids we work with are, are trafficking survivors, but they've all been abused in different ways. And, and then that you throw them all together in, in a situation, a lot of animosities grow up. There's a lot of fights and things. What happens in these songs, once we get started with these, these kids will pull together so beautifully is almost a unit that that all the walls fall. The emotional impact comes from seeing their faces and seeing the interactions. What popped into my head was two girls who were literally, one of them said, you know, we don't like each other very much. See this tooth? She broke that tooth. She punched me in the mouth and broke that tooth. These girls were mortal enemies and I had paired them up to to work on a song. (laughs) What we do at the end of the programs is we put them on stage with us to perform their work. And these two girls worked together on this song and they held each other's hands to support each other. That's where this whole thing comes from. There's such a beauty in what these children do and what they're able to accomplish. Sort of overwhelming. As you can tell, folks, Mike Ball is overcome by telling this story. And the name of the song is Overcame. It's a recording done for Lost Voices part of the project that Mike is the executive director for. So you won't find it with On the Sea Monkeys or other places. If you're lucky, you might find it via the lostvoices.org website. The song is Overcame. You should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. Coming over the obstacles that could have killed me. And if it did, I wouldn't really be me. Nobody else would ever see the real me. People all around were just trying to help me But I was too afraid to change You should have seen me overcoming You should have seen me overcoming You should have seen me overcoming All my fears I've put behind me All the hills I've started climbing All the falls that I have taken And all the progress that I've been making Growing stronger by the day 
should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. Coming over the obstacles that could have killed me, and if it did, I wouldn't really be me. Nobody else would ever see the real me. People all around were just trying to help me, but now I'm changing. You should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. You should have seen me overcoming. But now I finally overcame. I hope, folks, that as you listen to that gift from our Song of the Soul guest, Mike Ball, as you listen to Overcame, that you felt some of the tears for the transformations, the openness, the gift, the beauty that can be found if only we have ears to listen. And Mike Ball certainly conveyed it through the song, which, and again, Mike, did you have much to do with the tune? The lyrics are all theirs. How does that work? So the lyrics are collaborative. I really defer to them. That's why Overcame as a title. It's like, well, that's an interesting twist. That's not necessarily what I would have done with that, but that's what they wanted. They wanted to be overcame. What that refers to is that last word where it goes from, you should have seen me overcoming, then now I finally overcame. Sometimes it's a little awkward to me. One of the things we have to do working with great songwriters like Kitty and Annie, who have worked with the kids, is to get them to, you got to disconnect. You know, you know how to write a perfect phrase and what the children write may not be perfect, but it's theirs. We really try to make sure that it's their ideas and, and we're just a channel for it. Then we do all the music. All the, In that case, uh, I did the melody and the, the basic groove to it. The fiddle in there, the violin, is a woman named Samantha Cooper who works with us. And she came up, again, this is how this works. You know, we're, we're working along with it. And then she throws in this dee 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 and the kids, oh, that's so cool. And then, okay, then let's work that into the song. And, and, and then Kitty's singing the desk camp. Those are the things that we work out with the kids, and, and it's totally interactive. So it feels like we have ownership of the song with them. It's not just us, and it's, it's something that, that we share is complete collaboration. And let's share a little bit more information. They're producing this music, some of which goes out to the world. I understand there was a CD, at least at one point, of music made by participants of the Lost Voices program. That's not around anymore? Or is uh, is that good? You're executive director. You're in charge of it, you know. I'm in charge. I can, I can bring that sucker back. The CD that we have was produced probably 10 or 11 years ago. It was some of the first songs... Now, one of the sad things about this is is that, you know, you heard my voice on that song rather than the kids' voices. In the program, when we actually do it, we put them on stage to perform their music, in which case you do hear their voices. This is why I get so emotional, because I've heard those voices. I've seen the faces. I've had that privilege. But they're wards of the state. They're protected. 
Uh, the trafficking survivors, sometimes we're keeping them from people who are trying to get them, trying to reacquire them. So we can't bring them out in public. I can't show you their beautiful faces and their wonderful eyes and the, the spirit of what they do. We have to do it for them. And, and the, the album we've done is all us, Josh and, and Kitty Donahoe and Annie Caps and me and Mad Cat, all singing, performing songs that the kids have written. Remember, folks, again, my interview with Kitty Donahoe is on NortonSpiritRadio.org. We do have a video of this song, Overcame, also linked from NortonSpiritRadio.org. And, of course, you know, there's all the bonus excerpts that are going to be from my interview with Mike Paul that we can't fit in 55-minute broadcast. They'll be on the site. There'll be a full-length, uncut version of this interview, including a bonus song we'll get to after we finish the program. So let's continue on our way. I think we got one more song before we have to end our broadcast version. What's next? This one is, we might have introduced it earlier when we were talking about all the advertising, but this one was a little different for me. This was written kind of to a contract. I didn't receive any money for it, but I was asked to come up with a song that a horse rescue group could use. These were people who were rescuing thoroughbred horses from, I didn't know this, but apparently when a thoroughbred is kind of past their time, they quit winning races. This is kind of the middle level of things. They ship them off to France or to Japan to be eaten, to be slaughtered and eaten. And this group is trying to prevent that. They're trying to give these thoroughbred horses a better end of their lives, a better old age, if you will. So after talking to them for a while, I wrote the song. And what's interesting, I used what I've always considered kind of a cliche, chasing the wind. I've chased the wind. But it really worked so well with this idea of, I watched the races when I was working on this. I watched some film of thoroughbreds running. I thought, my God, they are chasing the wind. You're actually, that's actually what's happening here. They're passing up the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wrote this song just for that, and I am told that it was very successful in their efforts to promote their cause. So I think this is going to be the last song for our broadcast of Song of Soul with Mike Ball. I want to mention again the websites. There's MikeBallOnline.com, and that'll have link you to all the other relevant sites. There's seamonkeyband.com and there's lostvoices.org. And I really hope you'll check out lostvoices.org and the wonderful work that Mike is doing as executive director of Lost Voices. All of that's on nordenspiritradio.org. Mike, I'm so grateful for this vast tapestry of work and following the wind as I perceive it, following the clouds. I don't know how much you've had your head up in the clouds, but it sounds like you're a pretty enthusiastic supporter of cloudliness. <laughs> and so I thank you for following those dreams, letting that creativity gush out of you. I mean, to really get into music finally, to start sharing it with the world at the age of 55 is an inspiration to so many of us who've been waiting for our time. And thank you for doing that and doing the healing work specifically with Lost Voices. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for having me. And we're going to end with one more song by Mike Ball. It's called I Chase to the Wind. It's not released as far as other people are concerned. So this is a, a rare sighting that you're going to find it. And if we can provide a link to where you can get it, we will include that on NordenSpiritRadio.org. 
Here is I Chase the Wind by Mike Ball. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul, but stay tuned because there's one more bonus song after I Chase the Wind. Look at me. There was a time when I could please you. It made you happy to see me run. So that's all I wanted to do. I chased the wind for you. I almost caught it a time or two. But now you've walked away. There's nothing I can do. I can recall some days I spent in the sunshine. But that seems so long ago. Now I'm past the finish line Yeah, I chased the wind for you I almost caught it a time or two But now you've walked away There's nothing I can do The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.